Good morning. We trust that you are well and that you are blessed and that you are in good spirit over this past over weekend. This morning we once more going to be blessed by a powerful and wonderful word our senior pastor, Pastor Melvin Prince, as he minister about our God, our Savior, our true, true Savior that has risen from the dead. May you be blessed this morning. May you be edified this morning and may you walk out here victorious and celebrate the life of our King, our Savior, our God, Jesus Christ. Good morning, beloved, and greetings to you all in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ on this, the Lord's Day. I must say that you are dearly missed, and it seems like we are going to have to do technology uh, a little bit longer than anticipated, but I must really commend you for embracing technology as a vehicle uh, to receive the word of the Lord. Uh, Jesus Christ has died, but he not only died, he also rose again. And so this morning's message is about the resurrection, but more uh, specifically, the profound effect the resurrection had on the Apostle Paul himself. Paul was so convinced about the reality of the resurrection that he wanted to be identified with Christ in every way. He says in his letters, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. He says it is the love of Christ that controls me. In his letters, we not only see the importance of the resurrection, but also the effect of the resurrection on the Apostle Paul himself. Look how in 1 Corinthians 15, he shows us that if Christ is not risen, then your preaching is in vain and your faith is empty. If Christ is not risen, your faith is futile and you are all still in your sins. And then he goes about to show you that how Christ, after he has died, has appeared to so many. He says to, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, first to Peter, 
then to the twelve, then he says to more than five hundred people. Then he says Christ also appeared to James, which is the Lord's brother, and then all the apostles. Then Paul, he says, last of all. He has also appeared to me. And we know that encounter in Acts chapter 9, where the risen Christ appeared to the Apostle Paul on the road of Damascus. Paul was so convinced about the resurrection from the dead that he was willing to suffer hardship and even death if necessary. Therefore, in Acts chapter 23, when he appeared before the Sanhedrin, and the Sadducees are there, and the Pharisees are there. The Apostle shouted out in Acts 23 verse 6, he says, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. He says, I am on trial for the hope and the resurrection from the dead. And I've chosen this morning as my text. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 from verse 19 and verse 32. And I've, I've taken excerpts from those so that I can read it to you how the Apostle Paul is going to show us if there is no resurrection, what life would be like. He says uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and from verse 19, he says, if in Christ, we have hope in this life only. We are of all people most to be pitied. He says, why are we in danger every hour? I protest, brothers, by the boasting in you, which I have in Christ Jesus our Lord. I die every day. What do I gain, humbly or humanly speaking? I fought with beasts at Ephesus, if the dead are not raised. Let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. But in fact, Christ was raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And so the point that the Apostle Paul wants to make, why would he be going through so much suffering and pain and near close to death and being stoned if Christ was not risen from the dead, then he of all people is most to be pitiable. And that is what he's showing us, that if there's no resurrection, then we are most of all people most to be pitied. For example, the Apostle Paul looks at all the dangers he willingly faced. He says in 1 Corinthians 15.30, he says, why are we also in danger every hour? Every hour we are in danger. Second Corinthians 11.26, he says, On frequent journeys, in dangers from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from our own people, danger from the Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, and danger from false brethren. Then he considers the extent of his self-denial, the fact that he has to deny himself so much. He says, I die every day. 
This is Paul's experience of what Jesus said in Luke 9 and verse 23. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. I take this to mean that there was something in Paul's life that he had to put to death every day. He further goes on to say in 2 Corinthians chapter, uh, uh, chapter 11, he goes on to say, with far more greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. Five times I received at the hands of the Jews forty lessons less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was separate. A night and a day I was adrift at sea. In toil and hardships, through many sleepless nights, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from all these things, there is a daily pressure on me and a concern for all the churches of Christ. Then also we see how he recalls how he fought with beasts at Ephesus. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 8, he says, Brethren, we do not want you to be ignorant, brothers, of the affliction, and ex and, uh, affliction we experience in Asia. For we were so utterly burdened beyond our strength that we despaired of life itself. Paul concludes in his writings from this hourly danger and his daily dying and is fighting with beasts that the life he had chosen in, in following Jesus is foolish and pitiable if there is no resurrection from the dead. If in Christ we hope in this life only, he says we are of all people most to be pitied. In other words, only the resurrection with Christ and the joys of eternity can make sense out of the sufferings that the Apostle Paul was willing to endure. If death were the end of the matter, he says, let us eat and let us drink, for tomorrow we die. But that is not what Paul chooses. He chooses suffering. When Ananias came to him at his conversion, with the words from the Lord Jesus, I will show him how much he must suffer for my namesake. And Paul accepted this part of his calling, suffer he must. How could Paul do it? What was the source of this radical obedience? Why would Paul go through all this if there is no resurrection? If there is nothing, then everything is in vain. Nothing has no meaning. Life has no meaning. Let us rather than be merry and drink and for tomorrow we die and then we are no more. Why would the Apostle Paul go through all that pain and suffering? The answer to that is the resurrection. In 1 Corinthians 15, Paul is so convinced he says in the, 20th, in the 20th verse, he says, but in fact, this is a fact that Christ has been raised from the dead. The first fruits of those 
who have fallen asleep. In other words, Christ was raised and I will be raised with him. Therefore, nothing suffered for Christ is in vain. That you find in 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. The hope of the resurrection radically changed the Apostle Paul's way of living. It freed him from materialism and consumerism. It gave him the power to go without things that many feel they must have in this life. For example, though he had a right to marry, he renounced that pleasure because he was called to bear so much suffering. This he did because of the resurrection. This is the way Jesus said, the hope of the resurrection is supposed to change our behavior. For example, he told us to invite people or to do good to people without ever looking payback in this life. How are we to be motivated to do this? What would motivate us to do things without repayment? Look what Jesus says in Luke 14 verse 14. He says, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. I am lifted and my heart is encouraged. Your doing good is not in vain. You will be rewarded and repaid, Jesus said, at the resurrection of the just. This is a radical call for us to look hard at our present lives. To see perhaps if they are shaped by the hope of the resurrection. Do we make decisions on the basis of gain in this world or gain in the next? Do we take risk for love's sake that can only be explained as wise if there is a reason? Some of us are growing older. We can no longer do what we used to do. Do we lose heart? When our bodies give way to the aging process and we have to admit that we will never do certain things again? Or, we, or do we look to the resurrection and take heart and are encouraged? Look what the Apostle Paul says, For we do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond comparison. Our hymn writers so adequately put it into words for us. This glorious first day of the week in which Christ rose from the dead when they have written up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain and he lives forever with the saints to reign. He arose, he arose, hallelujah. Christ arose. Beloved, let us receive the Lord's blessing this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance to you and give you his peace. In Hebrew it would say, Yavarerecha Adonai vayesmarecha, Yaer Adonai panafilecha vekoneka, Yese Adonai panafilecha vayasem lecha salom. The Lord bless you.